More than any other time in the past, we need to connect ourselves and children with nature and the environment. My name is Kevin O'Shea, and I'm an environmental educator who wants to connect all of you with a bit of inspiration. In each episode of the Nature Talks podcast, I'll talk to incredible educators, scientists, thinkers, and innovators who are connecting those around them to nature and the outdoors and inspiring new generations of environmental stewards. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode number 17 of the Nature Talks podcast, the environmental education podcast, the podcast that is about all things related to uh, climate action, um, taking care of the environment, ecology, you name it, this is the place to be. And each week I get to talk to an amazing guest, and this week it's the same thing. Well, you know, I say each week. I'll, I'll go back and say each episode. It's been a little while since we've been here. In episode number 16, I was very fortunate enough to have a, an amazing conversation with Kath Murdoch all about the environment and curiosity and inquiry. This episode, another fantastic conversation, this time with Dr. Jody Green. And Jody Green is an entomologist. For those of you who may not know what that word is, She's a bug scientist, an insect scientist. She's a Canadian who is now based in the United States and working out of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And she is also a co-host of the Arthropod, a podcast all about the smaller, more interesting creatures around us that have such an important role. And Jody comes on this episode to talk about how she went from live life in uh, Canada, uh, growing up there, and how she became a, an entomologist, now based in the United States. She talks about her important work educating adults and people about why insects are important and why we shouldn't jump the gun all the time and, and think negatively of them. We also have a fantastic conversation about ecology, about the importance of these little critters in the environment, and uh, we just we talk about a lot of really cool things. It's, it was a fantastic conversation, and you know what? It's time for you to sit back and have a listen. All right. Well, folks, welcome to another episode of the Nature Talks podcast. It's Kevin here again with another awesome episode, another awesome guest. This episode, we are chatting with someone who is a scientist an entomologist, um, a Canadian who is now working in the United States and who um, has uh, is a co-host of a wonderful podcast all about bugs and science and all of that goodness. Um, Jody Green, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Excited. Thank you so much. This is really cool for me. Um, I have to admit, in the last um, several weeks, I've had a chance to interview a couple of podcasters who've been people I've been listening to for a really long time. So uh, a few weeks ago, I got to, to interview Nate Swick of the American Birding Podcast. And um, I'm, I don't know, am I, I don't know if I'd call myself a birder, but I'm a fan of birds. And I've been listening to his podcast for years. And, and now I've got uh, one of the co-hosts of the Arthropod on. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. So um, I, you know, I asked you to join us on the podcast because, you know, you are someone who is immersed in many different facets of the natural world. And uh, I was wondering if you could, you know, let the, the listeners know a little bit about your, 
your kind of origin story of, of, of how you came from, you know, where you were in Canada to this, um, you know, an entomologist living in America. How did, how did this happen? Yeah, I would have never put that path for myself when I was a kid or at any point. And I think that's one thing that I did learn about myself is that I'm, I mean, you could, you can do whatever you want to do. And even though you don't know what you want to do, it, it might work out. You know, it's really about your attitude and your passion and the things that interest you. And I was someone who actually didn't want to go to college. Okay. Can believe yeah. that. Like, and then I spent so much time going, you know, going to university and going to school. Mm. Um, but you know, it's it's a long story and a short story at the same time. It's just, you know, the short story is it took a really long time. I'm a late bloomer to find what I really liked doing, mm. uh, that which was, you know, studying entomology, but a particular part of it. And it was more um pest management, but not in like people think about that and they think about spring, where I was like you need to know your enemy if that's your enemy get to know it know it really well and mm -hmm. so that was my motivation to figure out how to combat them or how to you know and in the end it's not the end mm -hmm. <laughs> um a lot of these it, insects arthropods are not pests at all you know and they are fascinating Mm -hmm. And whether they are pests or not, actually, I find them fascinating. The more, you know, pesty they are, actually, the more I admire them. So, um, and then the the really long story is that, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I always grew, like, I grew up with my 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 parents and my sister and brother in uh, south southwestern Ontario. So, we grew up in Kitchener, Waterloo, yep. and we backed onto a forest, and so that's all we ever did was go out and play in the woods. Yeah. And that was normal for us. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we would make clay pots out of the clay we would find in the creek and we'd find bugs and we'd climb trees. And now when I go back, it's actually like a, it's a park that's like manicured. They put in walkways and they made it very beautiful for non-nature lovers, like people that need to go out there, right? I you know, railings and things like that. But when we got to it, it was, it was nature, Yeah, yeah you know? Yeah. And, and that's where we played all the time until we had to come back in. And then we also had a cottage. Our family had a cottage or a shared cottage. So we would go out into uh, the woods. It was called um, Mazinaw Lake out. It was kind of far at that time. It felt like miles and miles away, you yeah. know, a lifetime away. But we didn't even have indoor plumbing there. So it was an outhouse and it'd be the scariest thing to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night yeah, and right? all the spiders. And, you know, we would see these swimming keys, which were giant tadpoles, you know. So the things that we saw, we didn't know what they were. Mm. Um, we would invent what they were, but we would explore and we would watch. We would go fishing. We would get leeches on us. We would just, we would just play. Yeah. Like just, um, and there um, my dad was a small animal veterinarian until I was about 10. Okay. So he was involved with, you know, animals and gross things. Like we grew up and there were, you know, dead animals in the freezer at the animal hospital, because, yeah. you know, and, and that was normal. Yeah. Um, but we were always taught like that. These are, these are people's pets. This is how people treat their pets. We don't want pet suffering like those, those differences. Yeah. Um, and then just over time, I, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian like my dad. But right before uh, 
going to university, he told me, Joe, this isn't for you. You would get bored. He's like, it's all spades and neuters. He's like, you're you, this is not for you. And I really, I listened to that. And then I was like, fine, I'm not going to college. Cause I was like all or nothing. And then, um, my mom, who's probably all the sweetness in my life. So I'm pretty tough and independent. And then anything that's nice about me probably came from my mother. <laughs> and she said, you know, everyone gets old. You should study gerontology. <laughs> Help. <laughs> right. So I, I got a degree. It's sensible. I got a degree in gerontology at the University of Guelph. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do anything with this. Like, I don't want to go into administration and I like, I love old people, but this just isn't for me. Yeah. And then I went to uh, Sir Sanford Fleming, which they used to call Sir Sandbox. Cause they said that like, you know, you didn't have to be that smart. You just went and played out in the woods. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I think probably, I don't know if you're like growing up in Canada, there's a big difference between university yes. and college. Yeah, they're right? not. Which is, I know it's yeah. not like in the states where just everything's college. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've been to, I've been to both. Like I've I've gone, to, I've gone to university twice. I've got the BA for your BA. Then I later went to New Brunswick Community College for two years and got my diploma. And I did. I, I was a computer graphic guy in the in the in wow. the internet bubble era. And then I later became a teacher later on in life. Yeah. Yeah. So you know it. You're just you. You are going with what you know, what what you want to do when you want to do it. And so, yeah, the four year you know theoretical university was gerontology. But then when I went to the two year diploma in Lindsay, Ontario, a really small town, uh, we would like skip classes to go and hang out and go ice fishing on the lake. Um, like we just, it was outside all the time because it was a school of natural resources Okay, yeah. and it's more hands-on and I did environmental pest management and it was all about catching like beavers and rats and different things. And um, that really excited me in the way that I was helping people get rid of these animals that they didn't want mm -hmm. um, and how to exclude birds without killing them, you know, like how to deter them from being there. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like, you know, how, if, if this is your enemy or this is what you're trying to get rid of, how to outsmart them, I oh, guess, yeah. Yeah. you know, instead of, you know, shooting them or killing them or poisoning them. So it was kind of like that. And then at the end of that, I was actually um, the valedictorian of the school that year. Like I just, I found, what I really enjoyed doing and it yeah. didn't seem like it would match who I was or what was expected of me. Mm -hmm. And then I reached out to um, the author of my favorite book that they would never ever, um, they wouldn't let get checked out. It was like a reference book. It's like this big blue textbook called the Truman Guide to Scientific Pest Management. Okay. Uh, I reached out to the author of that book and was like, I want to know more about entomology because it was all pests. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot about entomology. And he was like, uh, a professor at Purdue. And he was like, why don't you come in, see if you want to study here? And I was like, no, I just want to take some classes. Like, I don't even know where that is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to leave Canada. And he was just like, yeah, if you can come, there's a conference. You can come to this conference. And I'll take care of you. And I went to that conference. I met him in January. And I moved down there and started um, school at Purdue in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's quite impressive. It will and then I never left. <laughs> interesting how the, how the lightning bolts hit. Um, yeah. and, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we find, we find very interesting paths. Like, you know, I, I, I went to university, I got the four year BA. And the only reason why I went to universities, uh, university was because my, my dad, um, you know, came from this farming town, farming village in Eastern Ontario place. So it's at a Cornwall, Ontario called Long Sioux. And he was a, a massive family with 17 kids. He was the oldest wow. farm family. And he kind of pulled him up by the self by the bolts bootstraps. Um, went to university. Went to you know University of Toronto. Won the governor's general's medal. Um, got his PhD. Well, masters. Working on his PhD. All this stuff. And he was just like, "You're my son. You're going to university. That's it." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know what I want to do with my life." He's like, oh, "I don't care. You're going to university." I'm like, "But I don't know what I want to do." So I ended up getting like a general BA, you know. And when I was done with a BA, I couldn't get a job as a waiter in a restaurant. Cause they're like, Oh, you've got a degree. You're way, you're way too overqualified. And you know, I ended up going to, to community college and, and I, you know, was hired, had a job months before I even graduated. That was, uh, you know, doing tech stuff. And then, um, did the whole go to Korea and teach English for a couple of years. And I, I thought I really liked this stuff. So I went back to university and got that teaching degree. And, and ironically enough, now I'm doing environmental education courses through Queens university online. And I love it. Um, so yeah, you're still learning. You're still, still in learning. school. And ironically enough, I was actually looking into, this is something I may be planning to do in a, a year or two, um, University of Nebraska-Lincoln offer yeah. master's courses in entomology where I can actually just take courses. Yeah. And it's, I don't even have to get into a degree stream because I'm like the idea of getting into a degree stream kind of scares me with a full-time job and stuff. Um, but I can uh, take courses. So that's something that may be um, happening for me in a year or two from now. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But, um, I highly recommend it. I've got people asking me all the time because I'm I'm courtesy faculty with yeah. the department. So I, I sit in on a lot of their meetings and yeah, they are considering some like certifications for that instead of a degree. Oh, so cool. that would be really excellent for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's, 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 I always talk about that's my, that's my cool factor as a primary school teacher, the bug thing. Um, you want to be a rock star in an elementary school, be the bug guy or the bug gal. And uh, just everyone thinks you're so cool. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you know, so you're 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 an entomologist now. You kind of accidentally found yourself into this role, and I know that there's a lot of different types of entomology. Um, but you know, uh, you know, in 2020, one of the, one of the themes we talk about in this podcast often is 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 more than any time. You know, we we need to be caring about that natural world. We need to be caring mm-hmm. about everything around us, the biology, the biodiversity. Why would you say? Uh, being an entomologist is so. I, I feel it's really important. Why? Why do? You, why would you say it's a, such an important role to have in 2020? Well, I think too. Or 2022. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, was, yeah, was, exactly. back then yeah, too. It was important then too. Um, well, I think entomology just is weaved into every aspect of our lives. You know, if people think that insects don't matter or arthropods are insignificant or like one thing or one person doesn't matter. Like think about a mosquito, you know? Yeah. We go to the bad ones evidently, but there's so many things weaved into it that are the good, like our food and our environment. We wouldn't have plants. If we didn't have pollinators, we wouldn't have our food. There are so many things that are not necessary when people say entomology, you know, like you study bugs, but there's like bugs in in health and bugs in food and all of the studies that help with medicine because of genetics and you know even when 
there's, you know, the venom of spiders or scorpions, you know, the medical implications of, of these studies. So, you know, repellents, there's so many things that have to do with insects, whether it's directly or indirectly. And if we don't have them, our, our food webs and our ecosystems all just change and we don't know what's, what's going to happen. And I think one of the things that I don't necessarily like when I'm asked is, is this a good bug or a bad bug? And I ask, I get asked that all the time. Yeah. And I think if we removed ourselves, like the human aspect of it, you know, they're just, they're just organisms trying to survive yeah. and be part of this ecosystem. So when we put ourselves in there and we put our, build our homes in these forests and we knock down habitat for insects and put our habitat there and then there are pests, like mm-hmm. that's our problem. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that doesn't mean they're bad, you know? So I think that's one of the things I struggle with, whether something's good or bad, because it really depends on your location, your situation, the population and your education. So, and I mention that all the time, because for me, not that I'm highly educated, but I know a lot about the arthropods. And so I love a lot of the arthropods. And so uh, when someone brings me a spider, you know, that pest and pet, they're just, it's just the letter S, you know? Yeah, yeah. So just look at it in a different way, but they're just so, so important to having, you know, to having balance in beauty in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's that interesting. I've heard, I've heard that one before that, and I, actually I may have heard it on an, an episode of the arthropod, just like, for example, that, and I've heard other people talk about the argument of, of monarch butterflies, for example, or any butterfly, you know, you have, there's all the biological implications, but then there's also just the fact that they're beautiful and we need beauty in life and our world is just a better place with a bit of extra beauty in it. Right. I know. And so, you know, I was on the gardening show last night okay. and a lot of it's like, I don't like these grubs in the soil while I'm digging out my onions and my potatoes. Like, what should I do with, what should I do with them? And I was like, well, are they ruining your potatoes and onions? Are they making it unharvestable? No. I was like, so you just don't like them there? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, we'll pick them out, put them in a tin can, feed them to the birds. They will appreciate that. And if you were wanting to treat your soil with something, you'd have to not have anything to eat for yourself just to kill the grubs, you know, this and, you know, and so it's like trying to get them to understand that it's a system. And Mm -hmm. if you, you know, and just because you don't like them there, like they're not ruining your food, they're not ruining your harvest, you just don't like them. But is it worth, you know, so it's that balance and we all make decisions based on what what we know and so my my job here is just to educate with research-based information so people can make the best decisions for them Mm -hmm. you know sometimes my clients want to know who i who they should hire or what they should do i can't tell them what to do but i can you know give them the information so um and then how you do that really really matters and so you know you talk about uh teachers or teaching, you know, children, um, the people that I actually teach, my, my gerontology actually comes together with the master gardeners that I teach. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, 
And they are with their grandchildren a lot. So a lot of times right now, their grandparents are all into bugs and I'm teaching them. And then they're bringing me their grandchildren and showing them me. And so like last night I met um, some kids that way, but also the grandparents are really, really into some of the things that I'm talking about just based on the the way I'm talking about it, right? Because they've, you know, it really never occurred to them that, it's just because they don't like it or it, because it makes holes in my flowers and they're not pretty, yeah. but that, you know, um, and one of our guests on arthropod, she had said about this 10 step program, right? She said, step back 10 feet and look at your plant. If it still looks good, it's fine. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. We're so obsessed with how things look yeah. that, that we're willing to treat it affect some pollinators or bees or flies or things that we don't even aren't even aware of and then something eats that plant you know or something eats something we've poisoned because we don't want this vole out there and a bird of prey gets you know poisoned we we affect everything Mm -hmm. so you know we have to make better decisions for it for the planet for 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 our for our immediate landscape and the neighborhood and you know the community and the world so it's just that little thing i mean drift with pesticide can go and and ruin things that you have no intent to do that but if you don't follow a label and you know those kind of rules and laws are there to protect bees in the environment and so yeah sometimes people don't want to listen to me because i'm pest management or urban pest management that's my specialty Mm -hmm. but you know, my goal is for us to manage the pests in our environment with without affecting in a negative way the things around us because everything is connected. So how can we do that sustainably and feel good about it? And so like last night, I was pretty delighted because I did not have to say a single chemical active ingredient. I didn't have to mention it because everyone had asked me something about organic or natural. Um, you know, some people brought up essential oils or vinegar. And I just said, you know what, if you're out there and you love your landscape, go, you're looking at them. You took a picture of them. Those are great pictures. You know, here's how you use iNaturalist. Log that, be part of this community that's always looking for the diversity of insects. And then also handpick them if you don't like them there, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, good point. I've been vacuuming squash bugs at one of the gardens with a, a battery operated vacuum. Yeah. Uh, I've been eliminating hundreds of bugs every week. No chemicals. Yeah, I can remember. Am I vacuuming a garden? Yes, very odd, but. (laughs) Uh, I've seen more odd things. I've been living (laughs) in China for the last six years. Um, And uh, yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, like that reminds me of like, you know, the last, well, pre-pandemic, the last time I was able to visit Ontario. I, I would spend my summer afternoons relaxing while listening to a podcast while picking Japanese beetles off of my brother's trees in the backyard and knocking them into little containers filled with soapy water. <clears throat> here here in um here here in my apartment in Shenzhen, China, I've got a bunch of chili peppers I'm growing and I bring the and uh, I, I I put the pots on a, a little table and I, I hand crush the aphids. <laughs> on the leaves and i find if i if i just do it every day it's manageable no problem and um it's it's bizarrely meditative and my plants are happier and i uh, didn't have to spray anything on anything um, right yeah that's part of your routine that's part of your habit that's what you do to to get the most out of what you're doing you get to see the bugs 
and you get to, you know, grow your plants and you're happy with, with how you're managing your pests. Yeah. Right. And I think everybody wants a silver bullet. And when I say, well, just spray them off with a, you know, a strong spray of hose water that will get rid of your aphids. And then they're like, yeah, but they come back. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're going to come back. That's Mm -hmm. what they do. You know, and I will talk about parthenogenesis and like why they multiply, but it's not a one and done. This is something when you plant and you want to be sustainable and you want to take care of, you know, you, you need to do this on a regular basis when those plants are there, like these these insects are programmed to eat this food. Everything will has a will, you know, they're going to survive. Yeah. And so they're going to keep coming for it. That pressure means you got to step it up. Mm. It's not, it's all work. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It seems to be that for a lot of people, when they start to understand, if you can that paint the picture of that system of the bugs, the birds that, you know, like if we wipe all those, you know, I, and I've actually had this conversation Many times recently, not just with like my own two children who are 12 and nine, but with my, I teach kindergarten and with my kindergarten kids, um, about like, we need these bugs because birds eat them and we all love birds. And mm-hmm. I've talked about that on an episode with Nate Swick about how birds are one of the, the, the easiest ways to engage children or adults in with nature, because we see birds everywhere, no matter where we go, urban or rural, um, and making that, that kind of circular connection that it's a system and you know, if there were no bugs, then the birds would starve and die. So we need those bugs. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to kind of with adults need, need to understand that too. Um, right. and it's, oh, it's, yeah, for sure. it, and it's cool that like what, what I heard you saying about, you know, you did this workshop for these, um, master gardeners, many of them being grandparents and that's wonderful opportunity. You're in me, maybe you're now creating a generation of elderly educators because they are educators. You know, we teach right. our children, we teach our grandchildren. And, and to be honest, as a school teacher who's been um, teaching primary for 20 years, there is a lot to be said. And I think when you say that parents and families are the most important educators in a child's life, they are, they really are. I can teach them things at school. They can remember that they can hold it. But when their families teach them that sticks so much more, I feel. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there are some families that just need that, that push, I know when my daughter came home with the orange bag. So there's um there's one of these orange trash bags, but it's for recycled. They call it the energy bag. And I don't know if Omaha, Nebraska was part of like this test group, but there are these orange bags you put in, I want to say like chip bags and bread bags. Like it's like the plastics, like the thin, okay. it's the stuff that can't be recycled. But they taught them all this stuff. And so my daughter, because she's my daughter, she's like, okay, these can be recycled. And these things are go in this orange bag. They go here and they get made into, I don't know if it's diesel fuel. It goes somewhere, but it's recycled, you know? So she loves that. And so we started that, but that was through school. Mm -hmm. And that was because probably I'm her parent and I'm like, okay, if this is for the environment, sure. You know, I looked into it, read about it. And then was like, yes, let's um, employ that. We do vermicomposting worms. And so she probably thinks it's normal to have, you know, worms in your basement and save your compost stuff. And, um, so, you know, if you have an open mind and some, it's not, it's just, I know everyone's so busy. It's really hard. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to, and at the time I didn't think I was lucky. I didn't have a job that, um, paid enough to sustain childcare for the first five years of my daughter's life. So, uh, I stayed home with her and I'm not, 
like a stay at home type of person. I didn't know what that even meant. So we were never home. Actually, we were always on the go. Mm -hmm. She never napped. And for me, that was great because we always were doing something. I would put her in a running stroller. We would run the town. I would pick up things all over town. But we also went to a lot of state parks. We went to the zoo. We went to all sorts of safari places, all the places that I I actually wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, You know, to see things. And because I wasn't, I guess, an entomologist or had a job at that time, I just always wanted to stay current with what was happening where I was. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to have as much nature as possible Mm -hmm. because growing up for her would be so different, drastically different than than me growing up in the forest, I feel like. And um, my husband, um, he's he's from Indiana, Iowa, like farm living. So like all about outdoors and um, just different, you know, more prairie and cows. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But very outdoorsy. So um, I would have to take her places and let her explore. And it's now, when I look back, it was good that I didn't have any family or other friends influencing whether it was bad or not. Cause I just kind of like plopped her down, like in a prairie or whatever, and just let her explore. Yeah. Because if I'm always there showing her what to look at, how to do things, she's not learning for herself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, she climbed things, she looked through gross things. She loves mud and she's 13 now. So nothing I do is cool. So it's all that experiment is over for a little bit. Oh yeah. But it I was, come, I hear they come back though. I hear eventually they start to think we're cool again. Um, um see. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my, my mother-in-law um, is a retired kindergarten teacher and I went to her classroom in Indiana once to do a program. Oh, and I was tired by the end of that oh. half an hour. So I applied to you for all that you do with the, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know how I do it. Um, but, but I do it and, um, and I, 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 you know, it, it brings a lot of joy and that's interesting because, you know, one of the things that we're talking about those connections with families and parents and, um, you know, oftentimes I want, I, I would love to be able to take those parents out for a nature walk. I want to take just the parents, leave the kids at home because I, a lot of the kids, I, I work in a very urban environment and I've been teaching in urban environments for 20 years now in Japan and Korea in Beijing, now where I am in Shenzhen. And the, the same theme is I teach a lot of um, upper middle class or very upper class, very you know fortunate children who financially have a lot of means and they come from families with a lot of means in an urban area. And often they have parents who were never exposed to the kind of childhood that you t- you've described you having. Um, so I have kids who've you know, some of the famous quotes from children in my mind are, Mr. O'Shea, my mother says nature's dirty. Or um, Mr. O'Shea, birds are yucky. And my daddy says like, blah, blah, these kind of things. And you're like, wow. All right, we've got work to do, kid. Um, I've got a year with you and I wish I could have (laughs) your dad sitting beside you right now. Um, And I would teach him too. But, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's sometimes an uphill battle because I had a very similar upbringing to you. I grew up in Nova Scotia in a little fishing village and, uh, you know, the outside was a playground. But now my own two children who are growing up with a man who has lots of stag beetles in his office because I've got like a bunch of beetles and bugs. And they're used to be having like dead bugs all over the place and these things. But um, my, both, both of my kids were born in the city, the big city. They've always lived in big cities. 
So it's, uh, it's interesting because I find myself battling trying to teach them things or trying to get them outdoors. And it's not easy for me. I, I find that I often can understand the struggles that other urban parents have, even though I'm the bug guy, it's hard to get out to the bugs sometimes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So and do well and do it like, for, like for, I don't know, like life is just now it's like, okay, I have 15 minutes to do this. Like how, how what can, so I, I'm always, what do I say? I'm always like half an hour early or 10 minutes late. Cause I've got 10, half an hour. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could, so many things I can do. And then I go and do them and then I'm 10 minutes late. Yeah. But you know, when you're a kid, you're supposed to just take your time and learn things, but you, you know, we shove kids places and they were like, okay, learn whatever you can learn. It's hard to do that with nature. And yeah. so, I mean, we had a really, we have a really nice um, botanic garden. So I, we, we would go there and I would just like stick her in a place and I would be off to the side and, you know, I just wanted her to explore. Yeah. And like the one time I came back and she had like this raft made out of a leaf with all these little things around. It was uh, someone called it like a Viking ceremony, mm-hmm. but she had a, like a, she found a dead praying mantis and she put it on like, and, and that's like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like this isn't a waste of time because she's being creative. She's doing yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, but it's like, if you can't get them out there to see these things and she, there was a. Uh, children's garden and it was all the senses right what you can smell what you can touch it's a really cool um, little display and that's where she found uh, lamb's ear right and she would just be petting the flower and we talked about texture she was a very tactile kid so you know that's why we have lamb's ear in the garden and you know now she'll on our pollinator habitat and she'll come out and she'll still pet the leaves and she'll look at the flowers and even though it's not cool quote cool anymore she'll come out and look at the garden and say what she saw out there you know what she's identified and looked and um I'm glad that we had that time together now and I'm glad that I you know brought her to all these different events whether she thought she was an expert or not and I you know she could be exactly like you are you know you're an entomologist you don't need to go to college that's what she says I'm an entomologist I just don't have to go to college for that you know um (laughs) But she, you know, I think it's all about uh, appreciating them and respecting them. You don't have to love all things, but you don't have to kill them either, right? And so it hurts her feelings if people are killing bugs for no reason. Um, I am probably one of the entomologists that don't have a big collection of dead things. When I do collect it for teaching purposes, Um, I love taking live insects places, Mm -hmm. places. so people can see what they actually yeah. look like. So like last night, I actually brought brown recluse spiders on. I've got oh. a couple in my office right now because, you know, we're told about them. And then we we're always told about how, how oh, dangerous wow. they are. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Well, everyone sees how plain and boring they are. You know, they're not like this fire breathing dragon with, yeah. you know, and so, you know, they're just little boring brown spiders and sometimes they get pressed up against their skin. Sometimes this happens, but we need to be, you know, cognizant that there are critters in our shoes, maybe in our, you know, like pick up your, we do things that encourage, you know, bugs that we might not enjoy in our spaces, you yeah. know? So it's to think about it in a different way. And they're not out, they're not really out to kill us or yeah. hurt yeah, us, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's how it feels yeah, to them. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, so when you were talking about taking parents out, the 4-H department here does, uh, I, 
I uh, partner with them for, we call them nature night walks. Okay. Yeah. And it's a family event. So families come and I can tell you that some parents, they will like pretty much like not shove their kid out of the way, but their kid will be like, I'm tired. And no, we got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting into it. Mm. But they really need someone to take them on a walk. Yeah. They need someone to open their eyes up mm-hmm. to what is actually happening here and how if you just stop and look around a little bit, like nature's happening all around. Mm-hmm. We just don't take the time to look. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm running around looking for a sample and I'm like, no, wait, calm down, Jody. All you need to do is plop yourself down somewhere, breathe, relax and look around you because yeah. you'll find it. Yeah. Something will crawl out of somewhere. A roly poly will go here. A woodless hunter will be behind it, yeah. you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Follow the moisture, all of the things that you learn to, I guess, profile your past. That's how you eliminate those conditions you know, those favorable conditions, you look for those favorable conditions for the insects that you know, and that's where you will find them. Nice. So. Yeah, cool. I love that slow down and look thing. And that's something that I, I have like a mantra I've used for years with growing up saying kids, just slow down and look. And even in the middle of a big city, if you slow down and look at a tree, you'll find something cool, right? You'll find something interesting. Um, yeah. And uh, even, yeah, in the, in, the, in the middle of a city of 17 million where I'm at now, if you slow down yeah. and look, there's some pretty darn cool things. And it was interesting how like just on our school campus, I started here four years ago and I discovered that there were all kinds of fruit bat colonies living under the palm trees. Mm-hmm. And I met all these, I, I, I talked to a teacher. He's like, I've been here for 15 years. I had no idea. I'm like, did you ever just look up under the leaves? He's like, no. I'm like, well, <laughs> one, I'm like, well, I didn't, I, I'm like, I, I just moved from like, a cold place to hear. And one day I was just out in this park. I'd never seen trees like this. So I was just looking at them a lot. And then I noticed, Hey, there's bats. And I walked over to the next one and looked and Hey, there's bats. And then I went for another walk in another part of the city. And I, I saw those same trees and I looked and Hey, there's bats. So then I took out my camera took photos and identified them with my naturalist, found out yeah. what kind of bat it was and started reading. Um, but it's all around. So I want to jump over, you know, again, I, I keep the thing that so many interviewees here, I always say, I don't want to keep you long. Um, oh, no, you can keep me as long as you want, because this is way better than my day job. <laughs> this is so much fun to talk, uh, talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. Well, do you um, want to know what my day job is? Yeah. Well, okay. you kind of talked a little bit about it. So you've, I've heard pest management. Again, I listen to your podcast, but for those out there listening um, to the Nature Talks podcast, they probably don't listen to the arthropod, which we'll get into shortly. But what is that day job? So so I work for the extension office and I don't, we don't have that in Canada either. And I don't know if they have it anywhere else in the world, but they're like the, the land grant universities. So certain, there's probably like a hundred universities in the U.S. and they're considered land-grant universities and they focus on like teaching research and extension so extension that is the arm that I work for so I'm employed by the University of Nebraska and a lot of times people will know it because they're farm and ag crop people and so they the extension educators or agents whatever they call them in different states they will be involved with taking the research the farming research to the farmers to make it applicable so they can be better farmers, okay. better, you know, so they know what to do. For yeah. me, I'm an urban entomologist. So my uh, specialty is bed bugs, ants, termites, and cockroaches, if you okay. can believe that. And then I've branched off into everything else. But um, 
I'm 100% extension. So I don't do any research and I don't do any formal teaching. I do a lot of guest speaking and presentations and other meetings. But extension is so that's the arm taking the research from all the universities and taking it to the public. So I'm making it accessible. So Mm -hmm. people don't have to read peer-reviewed research because I'm the one reading it and kind of putting it into ways that they can use it. Okay. Right? So... You know, this brand work and, and I work with the public, which is very different because in an entomology department where my two co-hosts, they're at different universities, they're professors. A lot of times they're dealing with other professors, researchers, yeah, yeah. And students, and I'm dealing with someone that can just walk in off the street and give me a bag of skin cells or bugs or head lice or I don't know what I'm going to get on a given day. It's <laughs> it's very, you know. There's a fridge that's the lab fridge. That's where the samples go. And so, uh, you know, before I leave and in the mornings, I'll go and look through samples and I'm like, okay. I mean, the good days are like, oh, that's a termite. This is a carpenter ant, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I work for kind of everybody, all the stakeholders in my two counties. So my the counties here in Nebraska that I uh, serve are Douglas Arpey County, which are, is like three quarters of a million people. So they can all email me. They can all call me with their bug problems. Oh, okay. Like any, so like this, any, pardon? So like anybody can just like look through yes. the phone book or like Google you yes. and be like, all right, I got a problem. Yes. Um, so I actually don't take calls anymore because it would take too long. And sometimes they have so much fun learning about bugs that they're like, I'll call you tomorrow. And I'm like, no, we're not friends. Like, I'm trying to help you. I've got someone new to talk to. This is great. Right. I got my bug friend. So so we train master gardeners who have to have certain hours. We give them education and these horticulture, you know, vermicomposting, entomology. And then they give back by volunteering. So they'll answer phones and respond oh. to emails and see some of the people. So I train them. The hard ones are the ones that get left in the fridge. So, um, so yeah, they, they learn a lot from me and I learn, I learn from them and they do help us out a lot, but, uh, yeah, so that's, I would say my day job is to provide, um, information to people about their urban pest problems or whatever, who know, I get all sorts of things. Um, so it's different every day. So this interview is definitely a highlight and I would oh. prefer to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm sure you must, I can't imagine some of the stuff that must, I mean, like we, yeah. we, 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 we as kindergarten teachers scratch our heads with the things where we're just like, wow, really? Like, you know, there's four teachers, five teachers on my team. Um, and we'll be like, you know what happened today? So this happened and we'll be just like, wow. 20 years in the game and like 25 years in the game, never heard of that happening or never had a kid say that or never had that happen. So maybe being a kindergarten teacher is somewhat like that because like nothing ever, like every day you walk in that room, you're never really sure what might, what might come at you or what a kid might say. True, what- true. Do you, do you have a list when you, so you should have a list and it's like, so when you have time to write your book, that's what it'll be based on. So I have like a top, I think it's a top 60 now of the strangest things. And so that have come in or people have sat or whatever. And like, I, it, 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 so now people who know me, they're like, oh my gosh, did that make the list? I'm like, nope, not even close. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. that. that but, I'm, but I also have to say I'm free, right? It's the taxpayers that pay for the service. So I'm free. So people will bring things in 
from their from their dog's body somewhere, you know, because they don't want to go to a veterinarian because it costs money. And oh. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not. Uh, wow. I'm not a veterinarian or, you know, they want to show me their bites. And I'm like, I'm not a medical doctor. Like okay. you can show me a bug and yeah. I will identify that. So a lot of the things that are kind of iffy kind of, you know, I need to be a medical doctor, a, a psychologist, a veterinarian, all, all sorts of things, but. Wow. In many yeah. ways, it sounds like my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to teach, I did teach a summer camp yeah. and I think I taught the kindergartens for maybe a week or two. And then they moved me up. Cause I was like, this is a lot of hugging and pooping your pants. This is not for Jody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, arthropod. So this, this thing you've, you've mentioned co-hosts, I've mentioned the podcast. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about, about what it is, where that came from? So, yeah, I can't take credit for the, the start of that. So, uh, Dr. Jonathan Larson, he's an entomologist at, uh, the university of Kentucky professor there. He started this, this is his brainchild in like 2014 and he, I don't know really what his vision was, but it was himself. And I think over time he had a hard time like talking to himself for the, yeah, yeah. the, the period. And then he was like, maybe I need some co-hosts. And so he asked um, Dr. Mike Scabarla and he's in Penn state now as um, a professor and taxonomist. Um, he does a lot of the insect diagnostics there. Um, and it, so it was like 2017 we joined. And so our goal is to do two podcast episodes a month. And so we try to schedule that out a couple times a year and just have that in the calendar because it's okay. just such a hard time for all of us to get together. And we do and we do that. And we've got like a a Google file or whatever. So we'll put in ideas and then you know kind of talk it out that way. Um it it shares the you know the work, I guess. And it's just fun to see those guys. I really, really like them. And mm. I don't get to spend much time with entomologists or friends. So it's, I don't know. Hopefully you can tell that we do. Yeah, really no, absolutely. Them. You guys sound like you have a great relationship. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, I started listening to the podcast and I'm now getting confused. I think it was 2020. Um, it may have been actually earlier than that, but I can remember actually like literally opening up like wanting to find pot, you know, you can find podcasts about anything nowadays, um, yeah. any topic, you know, um, you know, I'm interested in playing with the yellow Lego blocks, only yellow Lego blocks. Well, I'm sure there's a yellow Lego blocks podcast out there. Um, and I don't know why that popped into my mind, but, um, but you know, yeah, kindergarten teacher, that's why um, <laughs> there was Lego, a lot of Lego involved every day, but, um, it's, it's interesting. So I was, I can remember like searching for like, like entomology podcasts and, and like li subscribing to a whole bunch and then just like listening to like five minutes one and you know, unsubscribing, <laughs> let's do like, ah, uh, and, and I've stuck with, with yours for, for, oh, for several years. And it's, it's a lot of fun because, and again, fun for me guys out there listening it, you know, sometimes it's very inside baseball as, as far as like the bug world goes, but other times there's been some fun things. We're talking about like relationships with history and like Napoleon and all these different oh, things. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I enjoy it a lot. So it's really cool. And that's why I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on this podcast with, and, and chat with me. And it's really cool to hear different voices um, within the kind of 
environmental education world, the biological in education world, um, just in the last few episodes, I've had teachers on, I've had those educators, but I've had, you know, a biologist on recently. We, I did an episode with Nate Swick talking about how podcasting alone, like podcasting and social media can be so influential and in, in helping people connect with nature and connect with the environment. And maybe, you know, through podcasting people, for example, can get more into environmentalism. Um, you know, this is, and we, we also talked about with the whole concept of COVID birders, you know, with all those people because of lockdowns, they, they all of a sudden had to slow down their lives. And, um, yeah. I did, uh, I just had a, a, an amazing discussion with, um, an educator named Kath Murdoch from Australia the other day. And that's what she talked a lot about is how, because people were in lockdowns, she's in Australia, they weren't allowed to go anywhere except for walks outside. And because of that, a lot of people were going to parks for the first time. Or going mm-hmm. down to creeks for the first time and sitting there and looking because they had nothing else they could do. Yeah, you know? we got so many ID requests from non-pest species. Like just I saw and I was curious. Like there was and there was an overall increase, I believe, in general curiosity identifications because they were outside. Mm-hmm. And um when you know different news or you know media outlets asked if it was a higher tick season you know part of it was because more people were outside so more people are picking up ticks so more people are complaining about it and a lot of people got covid puppies and covid puppies need to go for walks outside and they will get ticks as well so you know there were some changes um, during covid but yeah people did get to go outside and and walk around a lot more so I think that was probably really good for like they started gardening too because they yeah, were home yeah. to water and weed yeah. and things like that too. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, that's, uh, I mentioned that other interview I did. I talked about like some silver linings. You know, there's people who may have made connections to the outdoors that probably never would have if they were able if they continued with that hectic life. Um, sometimes it's good to slow down. There we go. Um, back to that again. But um, yeah, so. Um, you know, it's, it's getting late at night for me over here in China. Um, Jody. So I, I do really want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, how can people find you online if they're interested in seeing what you do or if they want to listen to the arthropod? Okay. So our show now, well, our podcast can be listened to on any of the podcatcher apps, but our show notes are arthro dash pod at blogspot or dot wait sorry this is why jonathan does it all the time and we laugh all the time because we always mess it up because you do need that dash arthro dash pod dot blogspot.com is where our show notes are we are also on twitter Mm -hmm. at arthro dash pod no uh, you know what, folks? Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. So, guys, when, when you're looking at all that information underneath your podcast, you know, here in Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts, I'm on all those different places, too. You'll see it. It'll be there. Uh, I'll, I'll put the Twitter for the Arthropod and yours as well, um, for sure. Mine's at Jody Bugs Me, UNL. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Well, Jody, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experiences and thoughts with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, I want to thank 
Dr. Jody Green from for taking the time to stop by the Nature Talks podcast. You can find all of her contact information and stuff down below in the show notes of the podcast. And of course, go check out the Arthropod. It's on Apple Podcasts and all those places where you want to find a podcast. That's where I first um, encountered uh, Jody Green. Um, I've been listening to the Arthropod for years, and I'm a big fan. And I'm a bug nerd. Um, yeah, so that's it for this episode of the Nature Talks podcast. I hope you had a lot of fantastic takeaways from our conversation. I know I certainly did. I want to thank all of you out there who have taken the time to join the Nature Talks podcast community and come on over to our Facebook page. Come on over there, uh, like it, follow it for more resources and, and join the conversation about environmental education. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Mad for Maple. I'm always very active on Twitter, not just about education, but also about Japan things. For those who might not know, my wife is Japanese. My kids were born in Kobe, Japan, and I spent more than 10 years living in Japan. So it it holds a a dear place in my heart. So I often tweet things about Japan. Um, Also, of course, you can find some food tweets and, again, education tweets and and, and a lot of nature stuff because that's that's my jam. Um, Of course, you can also follow me on Instagram at Shizen Wildlife, S-H-I-Z-E-N Wildlife. And, yeah, join the conversation, see what I'm up to, see what kind of things I'm doing in the garden, often lurking around in my balcony garden or gardening at school. Um, Yeah, so another thing I did want to mention as I wrap up this episode of the podcast, it is official. Um, My family and I have made the decision we are leaving China at the end of this school year. So in June of 2023, we will be leaving leaving China forever um, as far as work goes and moving on to other, other places, other adventures. We're not sure yet. I'm currently still in the midst of, uh, of, of answering that question of where we'll be next. Uh, yeah, so uh, probably somewhere in Asia, I'm assuming. We'll have to see where that will be. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number 17 of the Nature Talks podcast. Thank you for helping us grow. If you're an educator, please share this podcast in any Facebook groups you may be involved in that are about education, about inquiry, about PYP, about environmental education, outdoor learning, all of that stuff. Leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And uh, that's it. Uh, We'll be talking to you guys later. So uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're happy. Hope you're healthy. And I will be talking to you again soon for the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.